Hello and welcome back to the Blindside Rewind. Justin Baxley is here with me. I'm Jeremy Timmerman. Justin, how's it going this evening? It's going pretty well, man. Um, had you know a, a couple couple beers earlier, uh, and now ready to talk a little bit of Survivor with you. Uh, you drinking on anything special tonight? No, I'm, I'm actually uh, I'm actually not. I had a little bit of bourbon earlier, but I am uh, I'm just I'm I'm focused, man. I'm ready. Well, I'm, I'm I am too. I had a, a couple beers earlier. Not nothing nothing super special. Just a uh, a couple of sours that I enjoyed. Um, I don't even remember what they were called anymore. Um, but they were they were pretty solid. Uh, I know we normally talk a little bit about our some of our, our favorites uh, that we've had over the last week or so, and um, but nothing really stood out to me this week. But what did stand out is Survivor. We finally wrapped up. Millennials versus Gen X, and I know you're excited to talk about this. Um, we wrapped it up last night. Um, we're recording a little late tonight, but uh, we wrapped it up yesterday. We were able to finish up the finale and the reunion show, uh, and I can tell you, man, it was a it was a one heck of a finale. Uh, tears were shed, uh, at least on my end. I don't know about you. Uh, it's an it was an emotional emotional uh, time to to watch the show, but. We'll dive into that to that finale and talk a little bit about our thoughts of the the season as a whole. Yeah, so but because I I do want to talk about some season stuff, I was thinking we go a little bit out of out of order a little bit and just to start with, we'll run down some of the the eliminations and and how how we kind of got to the finale, if that's okay with you. Um, yeah. In that next to the last episode, Will went down, um, and and to me, um, Will, uh, he he kind of fell victim to his his age a little bit. You know, he was eighteen at the time of the game. Uh, he was still in high school, um, and he did. And, and it's not just an age thing because we see other people, especially in these more recent seasons, that they come out. And at some point in the game, they decide they want to start playing hard. And they make a conscious effort to play hard. And, and that's what happened to Will. And, and he goes home at the beginning of the next to the last episode. So he's, uh, he makes it to the final eight and then goes home. Um, and that, to me, that, that, that just really and, – and maybe that's just the edit. We, we see that sometimes. Um, yeah. But it, but it kind of seemed like he decided to turn it on real late, and that's when everybody went, all right, well, he's not just a number anymore, so he's got to go. Yeah, I think that, you know, it was one of those, like Dean did this in, in 39, uh, where, you know, he kind of turned it on late. Of course, he waited till the finale to, to do it. But, um, again, right around that same area, that eight to six range, Dean turns it on, but the difference was, you know, Dean had some idols to play with, and he was winning immunities, and um, you know, like there was a little bit more substance to D- to Dean's game uh, there at the end versus Will. You know, at the end of the day, though, I think Will, you got to give him some credit uh, for even trying that late in the game because here's the deal: at this point, if Will makes it to final three, he's still not winning. Right. So, and Adam made a good point last. You know, when we were watching the finale. Dave tried to convince him, "Hey, why don't you, why don't you just bring me to the end? Have me, you, and and Ken sit at the end, or me, you, and and yeah, me, you, and Ken sit at the end and take Hannah out. Uh, she's you know she's such a likable girl, and whatever it is, you know, try to split the votes with with all the 
the big threats. And but what Adam Adam responded to him and said, if I'm gonna lose, I'd rather lose at four than lose at three. It doesn't make a difference. I'm still not a millionaire. I still haven't won this game. I still haven't gotten the title that I wanted. I'm gonna go out swinging. Um, and kind of his thought was, you know, whether I fin- I'll, I'll probably finish second to Dave if I let him get to the finale or let him get to the final tribal council. What's the point in getting to, to final three when I could try to get Dave out at four and pretty much guarantee myself a win? So I think Will had was in a similar spot. Well, a little bit different. Will had to play that way to win. Um, Adam had already obviously played well enough to win if he got there. Um, it was just about not having Dave there as well. But I think Will kind of knew that he he had to play all out from from that point on because he hadn't done anything the whole show. Well, and the other difference, you brought up Dean. The other difference with Dean is, um, and, and it, it almost worked, it didn't, but it came as close as I think he possibly could. The thing about Dean was his was a physical game. He said all along, it kind of perplexed those of us who were watching the season, he kept counting himself as one of the physical threats, even though we hadn't seen that. Um, and then, you know, supposedly what he was doing is that he was holding back physically. And then at the end, he made a run. Um, but because of that, his gameplay towards the end was lots of things that he could control. It was finding idols. It was winning immunity. It was things like that. Whereas for Will, he decided to start playing hard late strategically. And that relies on other people. And other people have control over whether it works or not. And I think that's what ended up biting. But, hey, he's an 18-year-old kid who came out and played out with a bunch of grown-ups and finished eighth. You know, he played with a bunch of full-on adults with life experience, with more interpersonal experience, with more maturity. Um, And he played well. And he got to the final eight. And and that's really all – I. I don't want to be too hard on him because the kid played well. Yeah, I think that – I think he wasn't a bad player. I think he's somebody, you know, after he's gotten seasoned a little bit where he's not, you know, a young kid. I think you could bring – he's somebody you could bring back. He's not a terrible player. Um, But I think, again, it it goes back to this thought that at 18, I don't know if you're ready to play the game of Survivor. Like, I I just – and I know that they've started taking the applications of teenagers. I just, I don't think that a teenager at 18 is ready to play the game of Survivor. Um, Again, some of the, the, I mean, even the seasoned folks at 25 seem to do a little bit better and know how to navigate uh, life and some of those situations. Like he's still in high school. You know, he, he hasn't even had a drink before. So, well, he legally hasn't had a drink before. Um, I don't want to, you know, say that he hadn't had, had a beer or something, but, uh, you know, I think that's that's something you've got to look at, too, is that that he was so young. I don't like you said, I don't want to pile on him for being 18. So he goes home and then, and then next up is Sunday. And one thing that I saw from Hannah in particular, and you and I, we're going to talk a lot about Hannah tonight, I'm sure, because she she's become one of our favorites from this season um, is. I don't know that at least in the seasons we've watched, we've seen anyone that, for lack of a better term, strategized the goat seat, particularly for these these seasons where there are three um, finalists, or at least where they think there are going to be three finalists, like Kageon, where they didn't pick up on it until late that there weren't going to be three. 
Um, there's always definitely a goat at the end. There's there's somebody that's that's gone to the end because they can't win votes, and uh, we find out later that it isn't really the case with Hannah, but she almost um. When she starts talking about taking out Sunday, her strategy seems to be, listen, I've played my way into connections with enough people that I'm the goat here. I'm the one who's going to final tribal with these power players, and Sunday is stepping on my territory. Yeah. And I thought that was just a a unique way to look at it. Yeah, she she made a couple to make a couple great moves down the stretch where she really did. And she talked about it at final travel that she basically said this person is going out tonight and controlled the vote. Now, obviously, Adam argued that those were bad moves, but for her, those were fantastic moves um, for I think it was it was it was Sunday and Brett, right? That She ends up taking out. Yeah. Um, or was it Sunday in favor of Brett? Well, it was definitely Sunday, and I, th- I think it was the order. It was taking out Sunday and then Brett. And, and, and she was absolutely right for her because it, 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 once you get much past where Sunday went down, she went down at, at 7. There's no uh, reason to take her out. Yeah, you, you get to the point where she's no longer a number for anybody. Uh, she's no longer a threat as far as uh, you can you can win without taking her out. And she's done nothing. So you start getting to a point where if you're Jay or if you're Adam, you start thinking that uh, Sunday is a very favorable per- person to keep around. And so Hannah was, I mean, I thought it was huge for her game to make sure that Sunday was gone and it was just her with all those threats um, to where right or wrong, they were going to view her as somebody they could take to the end and win against. Yeah, I think that with w- w- Sunday – she for, for Hannah for Hannah in particular to get Sunday out was a great move because I think it you're right it moved the goat out of the way because Sunday becomes more appealing as the game goes on to just say eh, she's there I can beat her just leave her but and and the thing is Hannah had done enough to that point where you're like huh you know if she got in with the right people a Sunday and a Brett. And there's a chance that Hannah could win the game if all the chips fall where they're supposed to for her. And I want to get to that a little bit later because I think um, th- there were some things that, that, that there were some things that if they had happened differently at Final Tribal, um, there were some things that she didn't know that, and then that Ken didn't know that, that kind of prevented her from having a chance. But um, – I, I don't. I'm not convinced that she couldn't have won even against some of these "quote unquote" bigger threats. Yeah. Um, um, I think if it had been Brett and Ken, would would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. And and, and I think even even Adam, um, you know, we haven't talked about it too much. Well, we did uh, with his situation with his mom. Um, I think pushed him over the top, and I think well, it, it, and it, Chris Chris advocated for him too. Yeah, similar to what we saw in Kagiyan when Spencer came out and, and and basically said, "Here's why you should vote for Tony," and that flipped the vote in Tony's favor. It felt like that Chris moment was that. We'll get to that. I don't want to go too far too far ahead on him, um, but yeah, man, I think it was a 
it's a situation for, for Hannah where she is going to eventually become a bigger threat than Sunday and not, and also not be a number that they need. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Hannah leveraged being perceived as a goat into putting herself into position where I think she really could have won this game. Um, and, and it started with getting Sunday out. Right. The right people, she wins that game yeah. against the right people. Because I don't think that anybody respected Ken's game, um, at least from what I can tell at Final Tribal. Right. Um, and I don't think that – I think Brett would have been a close matchup for Hannah because I think Brett had enough uh, friends on the jury. But I think Hannah had enough friends too that – that, and enough people that respect gameplay that I don't know that they would have given it to Brett or Kent. I think that's definitely fair. Well, that gets us to the finale. And the finale, um, this was a really strong final six. Yeah. Uh, you had Jay, Brett, David, Hannah, Ken, and Adam. And really coming into the finale, uh, I would have personally, I would have felt like five of those six could win. Um, and the sixth would for me that I wouldn't think could win would be Brett. But over and over again, we got signs that uh, maybe the edit wasn't showing us the Brett that the people on the island were seeing because we kept hearing people like Jay and like Adam say well, that Brett was well liked. It wasn't just he's got Gen X people on the jury. It was that he was very well liked and he could win the game. That was a common thread that a lot of people kept saying that we just didn't see. So here's here's the thing. He had built-in votes in that jury, and that's not always the case um, with with a final when you get to final three. Like there, you know, there's some that you know are going to respect gameplay, and they're going to go with so and so. And there's going to be some that that felt burned by certain people, so they're going to go with with whoever else is there. But for Brent, I think he had three to four built-in votes on the jury, I think, in Sunday, because he had gotten so close to Sunday, uh, Chris, and I think he had a built-in vote with Zeke. So you're already up 3-0 before you ever argue at Final Tribal Council, like with those three. Right. I don't think any of those three would have voted for anybody else against Brett because of how they felt about them as pe- about him as a person. Um. Now, we saw Brett in a different light. We felt like Brett was a little bit of a bully. Um, and I think that's fair. I don't know if I'm speaking for both of us on that. But for me, I felt like he was a bit of a bully. Um, you know, he had his moments where he was mean to, to Dave and mean to to Will. Or not mean to Will, but felt like he was strong-arming Will in some spots. And, um, you know, there were just there was moments where I just felt like that, that Brett was not the nicest person on the island. But I do think he had bonded well and made great inroads and relationships with three to three to four people. And if you get in there with the right people, those three built-in votes become crucial. And not well, only are they crucial in that Brett might could win, but it also could stop someone like Adam from winning. If he gets if it's Adam, Hannah, and Brett, let's say Hannah were to grab a couple votes, then all of a sudden it's a you know a three three two or some. You know, whatever yeah. the combination could be, like those three with a, votes could cost him. 
with a 10-person jury and three candidates up there, if Brett has three people built in, now all it takes is four votes for somebody. Like, somebody only needs four votes to win. Right. And so he only has to convince one additional person right. for him to win. And, and realistically, I think... For at least to have a shot to win. Right. And realistically, I think he could have done that against the right people. And yeah. I think that, you know, whether... You know, I don't know that, like, Dave... Um, I don't know if he votes for him because he felt, you know, I think there was some animosity or something there. But, I mean, if you start looking, maybe Will. Will and him were close for a few tribals. Maybe Will votes his way. Um, You're looking at four votes then with Will. I mean, I think the numbers are there for Brett to make a run at winning the game. Yeah. Because he has three of the strongest relationships on the island. His connection with Zeke was really strong. His connection with Sunday and Chris were very strong. And I think that's what separated him from Hannah. Hannah's strongest ally in the game is Ken. She's sitting next to him. She doesn't have that built-in vote on the jury. Right. Um, Adam and Jay. Jay's probably a built-in vote for Adam. But outside of that, I mean, does does Adam really have any built-in votes? Um, And then I think even Dave. As good a game as he plays, I don't know that he had any built-in jury votes where, unless it's Ken, who's who's now sitting on the jury, or Hannah, um, I don't know that he necessarily has built-in votes. Now, I do think Dave wins if he gets there, because I think they, they reward his gameplay. Um, but I, I think Chris, I mean, uh, I think Brett is the only one that truthfully has three built-in relationship votes. Right. So all that to say, we go into the finale with six people who can win this game. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's interesting when, when people analyze Survivor that they talk about, um, you know, playing idols correctly. And, and we see at um, the, the tribal where Sunday gets voted out, Jay finally plays his hidden immunity idol because everybody has kind of made it clear that his name's up and uh he could go home and and we we see some some good facial reactions from him where he's like all right you got me i'll play it and he plays his idol well he only gets one vote he wouldn't have gone home um and that's a prime example of if i am sitting in that situation and i have heard the conversations jay has been hearing for weeks now Mm -hmm. um I played that idol, right? I, I think even though he didn't get enough votes to go home, I think playing the idol was the right play there. It's tough. Um, I know you're a big proponent of play it if you have a feeling, any any at all remote feeling. But I think that Jay had to know that they were going to try to flush that idol because they had already done it once where they lied to him about who they were voting for. And he didn't play it. I think at that stage of the game, if I'm Jay, and again, it's hard to put myself in those shoes, but I think at that stage of the game, I have to assume that they are once again trying to flush my idol and I'm sitting on it for one more, one more round. Um, and, and I know that's a risky move, but at the end of the day, again, I go back to Adam's thought process of, you know, four, four and three are not a whole lot of difference in versus one. 
Um, there's a huge difference between one and two. There's not a big difference between two and three, you, you know, in terms of where you finish. So if, if he goes out at, at, without playing the idol, I know it'll, look, it'll feel bad. That, oh, I, I, I left the idol in my pocket. But I think when you're at that stage of the game, it's better to hang on to it if you can. We saw Tony obviously was in a different situation. He had a couple idols. But I think the thing is he never played any of them because he didn't want to give that away, that that that, um, that potential to have to use it. He didn't want to have to give that away until he had to give it away. Um, and I think that for me, I think Jay could have put himself in that similar position where he didn't necessarily have to give that, that idol away until the next one. And I think he... I think at that point, I think he has the. He may win the game if, if not for that, if he if he waited one more trial. I know you and I are both proponents of if you feel it, you play it. But I think this is the one time where I'm okay going out with an idol in my pocket at five, um, knowing that I'm probably going to go hard or at six or whatever. It, it, was, it, it would have been a, that would have been that would have been at six the, at seven. He he or seven. Okay, yeah. That would have been a seven. I think the reason that specifically with Jay, um, I think it was the right play, is that if he, you know, he plays it there, he's safe to six against Adam, Hannah, Ken, Dave, Brett, Dave and Brett. Jay is one of the two strongest challenge threats, right? Um, not that now the, what's unique about that is everybody but Hannah in that group to, already at this point has shown and, and Brett has shown at, at least four of those six have shown the ability to win challenges. But Jay feels good about his challenge ability. And I think that's where if you're somebody who doesn't feel good about your challenge ability, you know, maybe you save it because you think, listen, if I if I play it now, I have to win immunity and I can't win immunity. So I might as well save it and hope that I that I don't get voted out, right? But in, in, if I'm Jay, my thought process is I can play it now, make sure I'm safe, and then I can probably win an immunity tomorrow, and and I'll deal with the next tribal after that when I get there. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's where. I, and again, it, obviously the votes played out to where he would have been smart to save it, but I just think. Given what we had heard, I was surprised that he only got one vote. And uh, see, I, I really like—I was expecting them to flush the idol because they had been talking about flushing the idol for weeks. That had been kind of the talk. It was never—they tried it twice, if I'm not mistaken. I know for sure once, right after the merge. Um, but their whole thing with Jay was to flush the idol. It was never to get Jay out of the game. It was to get rid of the idol so that whenever they needed to get him out of the game, they could. And so I really thought going into that, I really thought that he was not going to need that idol. And honestly, though, they got lucky. Because remember, that's kind of how Tony won in Kageon, is that they knew he had an idol. They screwed around and didn't, and didn't get it, didn't vote for him. Yeah, but the difference was Tony had two idols, and, and that's the, he got the. But he got the second idol. They had chances to go after him when they the owned first. Yeah, yeah. When he had the first one, they knew he had the first one. They didn't vote for him. He didn't play the idol, and then he won. 
So it just it, it worked out where Jay didn't win immunity when he needed it, and he played the idol when he didn't have to. Um, and so then at six, he doesn't win the immunity. And what really stinks for him is that in that immunity challenge, he had a massive lead. He could have won, and he forgot to cover up the code on – it was a, a combination. He just figured out the combination, and he had a cover that he could have put over the combination so nobody else could see it. And he didn't put the cover over. They all took the combination from him, and he ends up losing immunity to, I believe, Dave. Um, where was it Adam? Um, David. It was David. Dave, yeah. And, and Jay ends up going home. And this is a spot where I really like – you know, Jay is a character I would love to see him play again because – Man, what a player. He ends up going home partially. It really doesn't matter by the way it works out. Um, because there wasn't an idol out there and, but Dave made a fake idol that Jay found and played. Um, and I say it doesn't matter because it would have mattered if Jay had found the idol. And then because of that, didn't try to hustle, but he did hustle. He tried to go to people. He tried in the, to win the challenge. He tried to, um, he tried to swing votes a particular way. He still played the game. Then he plays the idol and it's fake. But that's a spot where a lot of people, would, I think, would get better that somebody made a fake idol and tricked them. And, and Jay was just, like, laughing. He was just like, wow, you got me. All right, I'm well, gone. I, mean, I think of, of uh, the other fake idol to play that you and I have watched together, or watched, we both watched it, was, was, was Rick. Um, when he, Rick Devins, when he made the one for the finale night and ha- made two of them. Right? Was it? It was two. He made two fake idols. He made at least one. And he get and Warren got one, and someone else got another one. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. It may not be two fake idols. But I know Lauren got one. She played it. It was a fake. Pretty sure there was another one, but I could be wrong. And she was not happy. <laughs> she was not a happy person having played a fake idol. Um, and. I, I, th- I think that it goes back to I think that Dave is very similar to Devin's and we've talked about that in the past. Um, and I think for Jay, I don't think it mattered for Jay, but I think it mattered for Dave because I think it added just an, an additional feather in Dave's cap. Um, that if he gets to the final, he can just say, look, I even went as far as to make a fake idol that looks so realistic. It had the paint on it had everything to make you think that it was an actual idol. And I was able to get out one of the biggest players in the game because he, he didn't feel the need to go and scramble because I took him out. Yeah. I, and, and, Jay, and, big, Jay did, and Jay did scramble. And, and that's the thing that I thought was interesting it, is that he did, but it it's still, a testament to how it's a testament to how good he is at the game right. and that he didn't find that idol and then go, well, I'm safe. He found that idol and tried to get other people to work his way. Um, it didn't work out, and he goes home uh, five vote, and I think that's the only unanimous vote on the season, honestly, other than the the final jury vote. Well, was he, it four one, or or is it five one? Because he obviously didn't vote for himself. It was well, it, it was five over because uh, he With voted people. He voted for Ken. Okay. But Ken had an idol played on him. I think that's right. Ken played his idol. Uh, was or was it the legacy? He, it was the legacy advantage. Legacy advantage. That's right. 
and we, we, we might get to that too. I don't know how big of a, a time you want to spend on that, the legacy advantage. But I will say that, you know, for me, in talking with whether or not we would like to see certain players play again, I think Jay's a unanimous decision for us. I think he is a slam dunk, uh, maybe the most obvious player from any of the seasons we've watched outside of Rick Devins that I want to see come back and play. Um, and I'll tell you this, and, and this is why I'm enjoying watching this again with you and kind of going through it again. When I watched it the first time, I didn't particularly care for Jay. I didn't appreciate his gameplay. I was very new to Survivor. Um, I, in terms of, I watched it as a kid. We've talked about this too. But I, I'd really just gotten back into Survivor when we watched Millennials versus Gen X, me and my mom. And so I didn't appreciate Jay's game. I was hung up on, you know, he was mean to my favorites, um, which I think as an early Survivor fan, that is something you do kind of tend to get hung up on a little bit more um, than having watched as many seasons as I, as I have now. And going back and watching this with a new perspective, I respect the hell out of Jay's game. I mean, just an absolutely phenomenal game that he played. And I think part of it was getting, like, really giving him another sh- shot as a person too. Cause I think that I was tainted on Jay the first time I watched it because of my feelings towards fig tails and that little group that he had made with he and Michelle. And I like Michelle better when I watched it the second time around, I think it was just guilty by association with some of the other people that he played with specifically Taylor. Uh, when he and Taylor were so mean to Adam um, at the one tribal council where they tried to out him for eating food with him. Uh, and it ended up outing Jay as well. And I think I just lumped, lumped Jay in with Taylor. So I didn't really appreciate Jay's game the first time I watched the, the season. But, man, when you and I were going through this, I think I probably messaged you a thousand times, Jay is really good at this game. Yeah. I'm enjoying Jay playing this game. Um, and I know he's been on The Challenge, uh, which is another like reality show, if I'm not mistaken. Um I know he was signed up to play. I don't know if he's played. Um, But I think that I would love to see Jay come back and play Survivor again. Um, He'd obviously have a big target, so I'd like for it to be uh, a second chance season would be really good, where it's basically a cast of really strong second-time players. Um, I think that's the only way somebody like Jay or, or Devins could ever make it back to the final eight or even to the merge is if they're playing on a season where not only is it returners, but it's strong returners. Um, so basically people, you know, that have a really good shot at winning the game. I think of uh, Jamal, Janet, uh, Elaine, uh, players like that from, from uh, 39, from 38. I think of players like Victoria. Um, Gavin wouldn't be a terrible pick. Um, either so i think there are some at least in the last few seasons and even on david versus goliath i think there were there were plenty of great players uh davy which you'll when we watch david versus goliath i think you're gonna love davy um so i think there's plenty of these second chance players that are so good that they're all gonna be targets and so someone like jay could come back and play on a season like that and not be the first person to go out yeah, I think Jay's somebody that if he was if he came back on a season like thirty eight where you had three or four people 
um, that were returners. Jay might be okay um, until the merge because his tribe may look and go, listen, he's good at challenges. He keeps us from, he keeps me from getting voted out because he helps us win. And because of that, we never go to tribal. Um, but he's not, as soon as he, lo- if he, if he doesn't win the first tribal or the first immunity challenge after the merge, he's gone. Um, because of what we've seen, he's social, he's strategic and he's physical. He's the kind of person who can go on a little run with immunity. And if you let him get deep enough in the game, you may never get to get him out. So he goes out first on the finale. Um, and then, then we move into, uh, the next one and it's an immunity challenge. Um, it's a very survivory survivor challenge. It's won by Ken. Um, and this is where Hannah kind of comes into her own a little bit more <laughs> because she works. She, she ends up getting Brett out three to two. Yeah. Um, look, again, I think we've talked about this a good bit tonight is there were some sneaky good players on this season, Jeremy. Do you, is is that fair to say that like in a season that was was dominated by big personalities like uh, Dave and Adam and Jay, there were some sneaky under the radar players that I really enjoyed, like Hannah. Yeah, and and what's interesting about this is that you know I was just thinking about it that because when we saw it the you know when I saw it the first time I didn't know who was actually going to go out is that. Brett gives Adam cover. Adam is going to make sure that Dave doesn't get an idol, right? Mm-hmm. That's 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 what he's going to do. He's he's going to make sure that David doesn't get an idol. And they aren't sure if there's one in existence. Yeah. But uh Adam's just going to make sure and Brett, and, and everybody has, you know, in fact, our first episode was where we talked about all the ways that people could have won and where, where their spot was. And for all the mistakes Brett made, what cost him the most was right here, instead of saying, if Brett's smart, what he says right here is, no, no, I want to go make sure he doesn't find the idol. Because what he didn't think about is, What's the only way that Adam can make sure that Dave doesn't have an idol? It to make sure that Dave doesn't have an idol is to to find the idol, right? <laughs> so Brett gives it, it. If Brett just says, "You know what? No, I'm going to be the one to go look for it. You cover for me." Brett finds the idol. Brett plays the idol on himself. Brett makes it to final four. But instead, he lets Adam do it. Adam finds the idol. Adam plays it on himself, even though he doesn't get any votes. And Brett goes home 3-2. And to me, that's the easy spot where Brett gets David out there. Then it's a final four of Brett, Adam, Hannah, and Ken. And and things may go a little different. I think for, for me, watching that little sequence is I think that if you get Dave out there, Adam doesn't doesn't make it to the final. Like, Adam's done. 
Right. If Dave, if then I think that, I think Adam looked at it as a bad move at the time to not take Dave out there, but I think it won him the season. Well, it's it's tough to say because I it, it, it's a little it's a combination of moves that works out, but it was very curious decision making by Adam. We'll just go ahead and lay it out now because you know at five we we talked about what he does there. He he doesn't Ken wins immunity. Um, Adam goes and, and finds the idol that, that so Dave can't have it, but then they end up uh, uh, Hannah, Dave, and Ken end up taking out Brett, and then at the final four immunity, it's it's kind of a, a I don't even want to explain it. It's a it's it's a survivory challenge, but it, it's very unique. It, I, there's I like that challenge. I like it. It's just really hard to describe. You're like moving a, a plate through a a, a, a wire maze, and yeah. and then you have to stack the plates. And it, it's a very it, it's it's hard. It's hard, and it's a very unique final tr- final immunity challenge, well, which I I, the, I like. The, I like that. I like that it's different. It's not just your standard. We're gonna go through a maze and do a puzzle. Um, and the other thing I liked about this one was also it was a thirty minute challenge. And if nobody could get to the number that you needed to get to within those 30 minutes, you it was whoever had the most at that time. So play like Adam tried to play it like, okay, let me get to like eight or nine where I feel really comfortable that this is not going to fall and hope to God that no one else can get past eight or nine or whatever it was yeah he's he, he said his strategy was to just make sure dave didn't win which didn't but i'm sense. not sure how him getting eight or nine even at points where dave had 10 was making sure dave did, I, I just don't know what he was thinking again it panned out but yeah it panned out but not because of him it panned right. out because of ken and, and he, kept, really he kept he kept trying to say that he made sure that it worked out, but I, I really don't think he had as big of a role in that, and I don't really think he appreciated how close he was to going how, home. How close it could have been for him to go home. I really don't think that. I think that Ken really could have pulled a very similar move to what we saw with Wu uh, in Kagiyan, where he values. And, and technically, JT did it, but JT knew he was winning. Uh, but Ken really could have played that same kind of move of just saying, look, I've been loyal to this dude the entire time. I refuse to take him out. Yeah, Adam really relied on... Um, <laughs> he Well, he relied on Hannah, but he really relied on Ken playing not... He relied on t- one of two things. Either, either Ken steps out of the kind of game he's played for 38 days or Adam wins fire. That's really, that's, that's, that's where he put his life. And I thought that was just an interesting choice. Um, Unless, that, uh, of course, there's also the possibility that we don't know is that Adam may have been really, really good at making fire and he, Dave couldn't make fire. But what I will say is if you go back to like day two, one, they gave us the foreshadowing that Dave could make fire. Yeah. It's because he was the one that brought fire to the Gen X tribe, if I'm not mistaken. Is that is that correct? Yeah. It had been established that Dave could make fire. And there were even some some comments during that sequence where they thought that it might be a 2-2 tie, that Dave could make fire. And Adam, it was unknown. 
Um, yeah. So it, maybe, maybe he was really betting that he could. The worst case scenario is he could make fire. Um, but I think that that if you back up that move a minute and look at it, if Dave goes out before Final Four, if it becomes the Brett, Hannah, Ken, Adam Final Four, Hannah then becomes the advocate to send Adam home. Yeah, Adam has to win immunity, final immunity. To, to stay if, if it's those four. If it's those think, four. I think Ken still wins final immunity. I know there's, there's the, the obvious is that Adam could play that final immunity a whole lot different if he knows he's got to win it. But there's also the possibility that Ken still wins that thing and Adam goes home at four. And I yeah. think that's it's really two different scenarios there's, there was really like three different big scenarios there, and Adam got the only one where he doesn't go out at four, or the possibility of going out at four. Yeah, and and because because what happens, you know, Ken wins, um, and they're able to convince Hannah. If anyone convinced Ken to flip, it was Hannah. They send Dave home, which was absolutely the right choice. No, any of the other three with a good final tribal. Could have won, yeah. Especially since Hannah and Ken didn't know what we know about about Adam's mom. Um, they they all three have to feel like if it's those three, they come into final tribal close to uh, even. Yeah. Whereas if they take Dave, they lose. It's well, and it's very similar to, and I'm going to keep bringing him up because we love him on the show. Is Devons? That jury was actually clapping for Rick Devons. So everybody on the island knew that if Rick Devons makes it to the final tribal against anybody, and I don't care if it's Chris Underwood, I don't care if it's you know you could have put the greatest Survivor player of all time up there, and it would not have mattered because Rick Devons was winning that game if he made it to the final tribal count. And I think Chris knew it. Chris knew it because he obviously he did because he, he he risked his own life in the game to play him at fire and beat him. Dave is in a very similar spot, um, and I know it's something you want to talk about uh, in a in a, in a, sec- a separate episode of Final Two, Final Three, Final Three with Fire, um, a concept I guess uh, episode that we're going to kind of touch on in the next couple weeks. But I. I and I'd like to examine it through the lens of this when we do that episode of how much does everybody's game change right here at the, the final four, final five, if they know a fire-making thing is going to happen with Dave. Does Ken potentially take on Dave at, at final at the at fire? Um, does he, he make that bold move that Chris made? Or- well, and I, th- I think that's absolutely what happens because I think um, – uh, <laughs> You know, this is a preview of the kind of stuff we'll talk about on the on that episode because there's definitely a lot to unpack there. Is that I think that allows uh, that allows Ken the honor that he he seeks that he seeks. He doesn't have to turn on Dave. He can give Adam immunity. Adam takes Hannah um, to final tribal and. That's how that works, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he, he he would give you know. Let's say he gives Adam immunity or he gives Hannah immunity. Hannah takes Adam. Adam, Adam takes Hannah. Ken faces Dave and fire, and now he doesn't have to stab David in the back. He just beats him straight up. He just beats him straight up in fire, which he would and, consider honorable. Yeah, he would consider honorable, and who knows what our final three is there. But I think that I think Ken absolutely takes that route. Um, but. This season didn't have that twist. Right. And um, so I think when you when you look at it, I think that Adam ends up getting kind of saved by the format too, um, in some ways, because it doesn't allow anybody else to make a big move there to take out Dave. And I think Dave is just such an obvious choice to send home because he clearly is gonna win. Like he Everybody on the jury like or respects him. If they don't, even if they don't like Dave, they respect the game he's played. So we get to final tribal, um, and it's again, it's it's Hannah, Ken, and Adam. Um, and I, my one gripe with this jury, I thought the jury was very fair. We didn't see a ton of bitterness. Uh, Jessica seemed to be a little bit critical of Ken for for stabbing David in the back, but Ken shuts it down because he's like, listen. I'm here playing for one thing. I'm playing for a million dollars for my daughter. I'm playing to make my my life better for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And and that that shuts it down because it's yeah. I mean I could you know he he at the end he had to make the decision and that's you know it's it's fun that we're playing Kagiyan, uh and then going straight into millennials versus Gen X because he had the, he had the woo choice. You already alluded to it where the honorable thing is to take. David and he makes the smart move and doesn't take David. Um, it he still doesn't win a million dollars, but he gave himself a better chance. My one complaint about this jury is uh, I don't think and and this is a modern survivor thing. Um, Ken got no credit for mastering the type of game that he played. Right, the type of game he played was honorable. Yeah. He he made lasting bonds and he stuck to them. Yeah, he was but, he provided physically for the tribe, and he won immunity. Yeah, but I think something that, that that they brought up, and I don't know if it was fair, because I do think if he had, if he takes Dave, he gets held against him. He was in a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation, because I think he was put in a in a position where some of them felt like he should have taken Dave. That Dave he had. He should have honored that. If he was truly an honorable player, he should have honored that pack and taken pack and taken Dave. Um, I, I think that he was also in the situation where if he takes Dave, he loses. So I don't know that he really had a great route there. And I told you this last night was maybe the smart move there is just to honor it and. You know, you and Dave are going to be best friends outside the game, and you're going to get to go out on Dave's boat or whatever it is Dave decides to do with that million dollars. You get to be a part of that because you and him are friends, and he stuck to and you stuck to that, and you make sure that that person gets the money is the person that you. And I think that what Ken didn't, and I think some of it goes back to you're right that nobody knew Adam's card that he had other than Jay. And it's not a card. I mean, I don't mean to, to belittle it, but he has a story to tell at that point. And, and to me, that's why I love Survivor, is it's, sometimes it's all about the story. 
Um, it's it, you know, in this case, I think the right person won the game, but it was some of it was built on a great story that he was able to craft and 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 let people. Because I can tell you, uh, haven't haven't lost my dad in a in a in, a, in you know in a tragic way. I don't know that I could have had the poise and the ability to talk about it at Final Tribal to craft that, to talk about it as, as well-spoken as Adam did and, and be able to really let people know this is why I'm playing the game of Survivor. And so Ken didn't know that, and I get it. So I think that, that keeps him, I think he thought he had more of a chance with Adam than he really did. In reality, I don't think Ken had a shot of winning the game at all. There was no... I think we, when we got into that final six, I, I think you, we overestimated some of the players' chances against Adam. Um, I think people thought that maybe Adam was, was a favorite to win if he got to the finals with somebody other than Dave. But I don't know that anybody thought he was as a, much of a lock as he ended up being. A, a clean, sweet lock. And... So I think that was the biggest difference. I think if you if Ken were to maybe go back and look at it and realize he can't win with either one, maybe he does stick to the honorable game and, and take Dave and get and make sure the guy that, that he's stuck with since day two or three is the one going home with the money. And I think with Hannah, um, she did an incredible job at Final Tribal. And it's not reflected in the vote because it was a clean sweep. But she really did a good job of owning her owning her moves, explaining why she did her moves, um, and kind of calling Adam out. Sometimes where he said she went rogue, and she said, "I didn't go rogue. I did the right thing for me." Yeah. Um, I, I, and what? I think the one thing she could have done, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know that it would have helped her get any votes. And I definitely once Adam told everybody what what was going on with his mother, I, it it just kind of rendered moot. But she should have owned the fact that she's the one who who went and talked to Ken, and not because Adam told her to. She told Adam, "I have to be the one to talk to Ken. I have to be the one." She put her neck on the line and said, "You're right. We need to get David out." but I need to be the one to talk to Ken about it. She talked to Ken, Ken flipped, and then Adam tried to, or, or Chris claimed that move for Adam. Of course, Adam's not going to be like, oh, I didn't do that. Uh, Ken yeah. did clarify that nobody nobody flipped me. I, I made that decision on my Which, own. To me, it was wrong. No, Hannah was the one who did that. Yeah, Han, Hannah went out there and planted that bug in his ear and said, listen, we got to get rid of David and you know, yeah, there's there's honor, but at some point you've got to make a move. And I really think that Ken takes takes Dave, if not for Hannah. I think Hannah flipped it, and maybe I'm wrong on that, but I don't think that was Ken's decision. I think it was Hannah's decision, and that was the one move in the game she didn't necessarily own. Um, she owned all the other moves, um, and Adam did a pretty good job, though, of sticking a hole in each one of the other ones and saying that, well, that wasn't a very good move, and I think the jury bought it. I don't think that, of course, Ken obviously can deny it, but I think that Hannah probably should have been the one to speak up at that point and say, hey, Adam, do you not realize that you were sitting on the beach and I was down at the, like, you were talking today, and that was, to me, that would have been the move. Like, you say, 
at that point, you say you were up there talking to Dave, playing, you know, talking, trying to convince Dave of some moves to make. But in reality, who was the one in the water with Ken for three, four hours trying to get this dude the entire time he's fishing to go and boat my way? I think if she owns that part of the move, I don't know that it makes the difference to win that game because it ends up being a clean sweep. But I think that in a normal circumstances, that could have pushed her in, into a territory of getting some votes or even winning. Yeah, yeah. I And, and I think it probably just – she may have made a stronger stance on that. Um, and I don't, I don't really know if she would have gotten a chance after Adam spoke, but definitely once Adam spoke and revealed what, what had gone on, what was going on with his mom and that that was why he was out there trying so hard. And, and that's why he did what he did and when he did it. And that, that it, and, and it kind of quells, you know, and it, it, it goes back to what I was, what I've said several times is that, uh, a lot of times you see some bad blood on this season, on these these shows because uh, people seem to forget that like, and Adam even lost sight of it. Like Hannah's not out there to help you win a million dollars; she's out there to win a million dollars for herself. Um, and frequently, especially when you know when, when you're uh, right after the merge or in tribal or whatever, um, what's good for me is good for you. You know, if 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 you and I are working together. Uh, getting that guy out's good for both of us, but later in the game, what's good for Hannah is not good for Adam, and what's good for Adam is not necessarily good for Hannah. And Adam kind of lost sight of that, um, and under different circumstances, might have hurt himself with a jury, um, and, and, and he ended up not. Um, but I, I just, I really, I, I was impressed with the way Hannah played Final Tribal. I really was. I will say, you know, and you talk about the circumstances, how important do you think it was, looking back now, that we know who wins and the season's over, how important was it, was it for Adam to tell someone on that island that secret before Final Tribal? I think it was huge. Um, and I think him talking, playing, like, being helped as well because it wasn't just he told an ally. He didn't tell an ally. He told the guy that he was fighting with for, for you know, 39 days, basically, or whenever Jay went out at 30, 33 or 32, whatever it was. I think that, to me, was still looking back at it, was the biggest move of the season, was finding someone that Adam could find, confide in and let him know why he was playing the game. Yeah, um, I think that... It solidified it solidified turning that relationship from love hate to love. Yeah. Um, and I think that it eliminated any chance that Jay targets Adam down the stretch. I also think that what it does is it doesn't doesn't let them say he's only using this now. Um, he's only using this now at Final Tribal to get votes. It was already established early in the game that this is what, what he was playing for. This is what he had going on. And he didn't want anybody to know it. And he purposely kept it from people. But told someone, somebody on that island knew about it. Um, so I think it, it kept them from potentially viewing it as a, like, 
vote grab. Um, you know, there are some other seasons where people have kind of either kept the story under wraps or told too many people, and that's the story that got them sent home. Um, I think Elaine did that, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but I think she told a really powerful story at, like, Final Six, and that story got her sent home, in my opinion. And I could be wrong on that. It's been a while since I've watched 39, and I don't plan to watch it anytime soon. Um, But I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, she had a similar... She had a story that was, you know, obviously maybe not as deep as, as, as Adam's with his mom. Yeah. I vaguely remember her having that kind of story and it was on the night where she knew she was gone. It was, she knew, and it was like a last ditch. It it didn't hurt her, but it, it was more of a, I, I listen, don't, don't vote me out. Whereas Adam's, it was, he had pretty much locked it up already. Um, Yeah. Chris had already locked it up for him when he finally revealed it. But, I also wonder if Jay had already told the jury before they ever made it to the final final tribal council. That's also like. possible. I mean, just the way that, that Jay kind of handled it, and then the way that Chris, of all people, was the one to advocate for Adam. I, I just, I don't, I don't know that, that, that Jay didn't already tell some of the folks on the jury. Um, and I could be wrong. That may have been something that Adam, I mean, that Jay viewed as only Adam can tell that. Um, or it could be, look, he's my bro. And if there's something I can tell this jury to make sure that, that he wins this thing, I'm going to do it. Um, so I mean, it, there's a lot of different things going on there. Um, but I, I, I really think in game, the biggest impact was, um, Jay never made a move on Adam, even when Adam made it pretty clear to Jay that he was going to vote him out. That, you know, I, I'm coming after you. I got to get you out of this game, and here's why. Like, that was the premise of that conversation. That that gets lost in the fact that he's revealing to Jay that his mom has cancer. But what the point of that conversation was Adam telling Jay, I have to get you out because you're a threat, and I have to win this game, and here's why. So, Adam... Made it perfectly clear that he was going to continue to try to get Jay out of that game, and we—that's we, not the last time they have that conversation. And Jay never targeted Adam. And I think if they don't have that conversation, maybe Jay tries to turn some people on Adam. And say, listen, Adam is a is a big threat. He's winning challenges. He's strategizing. Here's the moves he's done. He wins this game. Maybe Jay makes Adam the 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 Dave target, but he yeah. he 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 doesn't do that because of that conversation. Yeah, I think I think it, it worked out exactly. I mean, it worked out really well for for Adam. I think everything fell into place the way it was supposed to, and. You know, I, I watched. I couldn't be happier for the guy. Like, we, we, I guess we can kind of shift over uh, into the reunion show now that we know Adam has won. He got the clean sweep. We got all the votes uh, sent his way. Um, that reunion show was very emotional for me. Rewatching it, even like I, I cried pretty hard the first time I watched, but watching it through the second time, I was just as big of a baby. Again, look, I'm a I'm a grown man. I'm 20, almost 26 years old. 
Um, you you probably would see me out. Probably wouldn't think I'm out here crying my eyes out to Survivor at night. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was an, it was emotional and it was very raw. It was a very human moment. We've talked about this before. I love Survivor because of the human moments that we get. And to hear Adam talk about what ends up happening after he goes home. Um, he, he, you know, he said he got home. He told his mom that, that he had won. Um, he doesn't know if she ever heard him because she died an hour after he got home. And he says she was waiting on me. That tore me up inside, Jeremy. That was, that, that was it for me. I, I was, I was like a big baby just sitting in my, sitting in my bedroom floor crying. Yeah, that, that was just such a tough um, a, a tough time to, to know that, like, he's talking about this on national television live. Yeah. And, and the spotlight's on him, and he's the winner. Because I think it's even different if, he's, if he doesn't win. And it, th- this is almost a side story. But he has to tell this story because it's a part of his victory. It's a part of him winning Survivor, so he has to. Everybody's going to be wondering about his mom, and he's got to talk about it. Um, you know, we 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 saw some other storylines, and not that this is a serious, but like we got very little about the update about what went on with Figgy and Taylor after they left the island. Right? It was uh, uh, Taylor's uh, father of a child, and they're not together anymore because, and they never even said that the child's not Figgy's. It was just implied, right? Um, and so when you're not the winner, you can kind of not get into some of that stuff. Um, you know, Jay, Jay's mom's not, you know, has some health issues. We didn't hear anything about Jay's mom at reunion. Right. But Adam, because he's the winner and it's a part of his victory, he had to go in depth with. All of that, and it, it like you said, it was raw, it was emotional, um, and it was not an easy watch. But it was it it fills out the season to where I'll be honest, this season um, I wasn't sure about it when we started it. But of our rankings, um, it, it Token Chains is still probably my favorite season of the seasons we've watched together. But I I think top to bottom, I like this season better than I like Kagiyan. Okay. I, I think this. That. I think this one ranks ahead of Kagiyan for me, um, because I, there are more players that I would want to see play again from this season. And I know you, you, you think Kagiyan is one of the strongest seasons, um, strongest newbie casts. Um, I, I think this one gives it a run for its money. I think there are some players that that went out early, even that that were very strong players. There was very little dead weight on this season. Um, because, like I said, I hated Taylor. I think he's dumb as a bag of hammers. But he was deep. <laughs> but he was decent as far as strategizing with with people. Um, yeah. I think if he was on a season with and and didn't make a, a romantic connection with anybody, he might have actually been decent strategy wise. And he's a pretty decent physical character or a physical player. Um, so. You know, I just think this was a really deep cast. I think there were a lot of people um, that 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 were really strong. I mean, it's evident that um, we see at the end of this reunion, 
Michaela, our queen. Queen Michaela. Queen Michaela. I mean, Hannah made a run for the crown. I'm not going to lie, especially like I loved it when it happened the first time. And then when she, when they gave her a segment to talk about her little flirtation with Ken, right. I sat there with the dopiest smile on my face the entire time because it's just such a fun thing. And for a girl that's got anxiety and she had an anxiety attack watching a challenge for her to just like own the stage for a few minutes and she's talking about flirting with Ken and how maybe they should go on a date and she's leaning on his leg. And I mean, it was just, it was just a fun segment. Um, but you know, Michaela went out pre-merge and before the end of this reunion special, we already find out she's playing on the next season. That's how strong this cast is. You know, I, I, yeah, I think you're right, man. I think it, it is a very strong cast. And I, I've got my rankings of the – I've seen 18 seasons, it looks like now. Um, or, yeah, I think that's right. I think I've seen 18 now. And I've got it sitting at seventh. Uh, it's behind Token Chains. Um, it's behind David versus Goliath. But it, it's in front of Kageon, and it's in front of uh, Second Chance, Korong, Blood versus Water. Um you know, those are those are kind of the seasons I have around it, but it's in my top seven. It's a very strong season, um, and it's one that you're right. There are plenty of players that from the season. There's plenty of players I want to see return from the season. Uh, Zeke actually ends up playing on that next season as well with Michaela. Um, so Michaela is not the only returnee from that season. Zeke also comes back uh, the very next season. I don't know if they. I don't think they announced it that night. They didn't announce uh, it. I think he gets a late call to come play. Um, but yeah, he he ends up playing the very next season too. And that makes me wonder um, if somebody like Jay has he told them he's not coming back? Because if if and and, and if I'm casting and I know that I'm not the casting off of this season. I would call Jay before I would call Zeke. I would too, but I think that Zeke was maybe a little bit more of a beloved character for mainstream. Uh, the personality, the I mean, outside of what we consider bullying. Um, but outside of that, he's, he's got a bubbly personality. He's fun. Um, I think there was something to it. I think Jeff really liked Zeke a lot. Uh, he talked about the best moment from the season was a Zeke moment. So I think that's where you got to look at it from from our perspective. Yes, Jay over Zeke any day, but I think from a casting perspective and from the survivors' perspective, um, I think Zeke is probably a little bit more of a popular player over Jake or Jake Jay um, in terms of for the hardcore fan, maybe Jay over Zeke, but for the casual like just enjoys watching some Survivor, it's probably going to be Zeke over 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 Jay. And I think it's also worth noting that at least two of the people, just of the people that we saw um, in the pre- in the preview of that of, of Game Changers, you had Malcolm and Ozzy, who are challenge monsters, and so to round and and then Tony, who didn't win any immunity in his original season, but who. Physically, could if if you took the puzzle off of about six challenges, he would have won. Um, 
so that, that that may have also played a role in casting is that um, we've got other versions of Jay already on the cast. Um, let, let's round it out with some, some different types of characters. But yeah, for, for, this, for, for, for that particular season, I know Malcolm plays, Ozzy plays. So you, you, you do have a lot of that archetype. And, and we, we've talked about that before. I get into the archetypes of survival. You can't have too many long hairs on the same season. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, there, there's definitely some archetypes when it comes to Survivor. You know, there's the nerdy guy. There's the 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 athletic, long-haired dude. The, the you know, provider-type player. The honorable one. Um, the smart um, woman like Aubrey. Um <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, the the funny weatherman like Rick Devins. I mean, they are not weatherman, newscaster. Uh, he would probably hurt me if he heard that. Um, <laughs> I think that what you've got to realize is that that there are archetypes for the seasons, and I'm not talking about you, Jeremy. I'm talking about audience-wise, you, Universal, you. Uh, is there's there's there are types of survivor players. The the asshole like like Tyson. Um, that's an that's a fun survivor archetype there are people that try to follow in those footsteps and be very similar to him there's the the crazy man like tony but who probably comes in the footsteps of a russell um so they're poverty which uses that female that flirtatious archetype so when you have those type of archetypes sometimes you do end up the the zeke's are not necessarily a dime a dozen versus jay's are even though I don't believe that in turn, I think Jay is one of the best players that we've only seen once. Um, I enjoyed him that much. Yeah. Um, I, I think what it comes down to to me is, is you had two different types of strong seasons in comparing this to Kagyan. Kagyan had, um, you know, we talked about it, it had several people that, you know, you had two winners on that season, two eventual winners, Tony and, uh, Lucina, uh, right? Is that were there any more? Uh, yes, I think that's right. Yeah, right. My brain is fuzzing. I lost it. Were, yeah. were there other were there other eventual winners on that cast? No, there was two additional. Final tribal council participants. Yeah, that, that's what I was asking. Is that there were were there was there anybody else on that cast other than Tony and and, and Sarah that end up winning? No, um, we got two in a final three though. Yeah, so two you've got so with with that season you had um, very top heavy. In addition to Tony, you had Sarah who does win eventually. You had Spencer that we think could have won event on on Spencer, other casts. Spencer, have, Spencer makes a final three. Tasha makes a final three. I, and, and, I, won't, I won't spoil it for you, but they do eventually come back and both make final three. Yeah, I, I knew those already. And then Wu, like that season, if he makes one decision differently, he, he wins. wins. You know, things like that. Whereas this season, I don't think there are as many. Like, I think Jay could win if he played another season. Um, maybe Dave, if he played another season, he well, wins. He played another season. He didn't win, but I think he got he got kind of screwed by well, yeah, the format and the, what, what he was the, put on. Dave absolutely got screwed because he's he's an all strategy, all personality player. That when they when he got dropped on that island, he was somebody you you immediately know you can't let him get deep. Um. So, but but I I think 
this season doesn't have as many. If you if you put them in, in another cast, maybe they win. But it had way more players that like I want to see play again. Like I don't know if Michaela's ever going to win, but I want to see her play again. Hannah never going to win probably, but I want to see her play again. Jay going to have a hard time winning because he's you know such a challenge or such a such a, a threat. But I want to see him play again. You know, there, there's I could I could go on and on and on of players from this season. They either did play or I would want to see play again. Um, it's just a very deep cast. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, as much as we bag on on Fig Tales, I wouldn't mind seeing Figgy play again without Taylor um, or with Taylor since they broke up. You know, like let's let's bring that back again. Um, and you you said this, and I, I got to give you credit. I like Adam so much better on this season than I did Winners at Will. I told you. Top to bottom. I don't know what happened to him between – I don't know if it was just an edit thing or if he was just in a different frame of mind. But And we saw some tendencies because there would be a couple of times where I would message you and say it was once in the finale. It was like, ah, there's the whiny Adam. Um but he just came across so whiny in Winners at War. Just so, I mean, uh, Ben rattled him, and he, he, he whined a lot, and he had a hard time handling the pressure, whereas that's one, that was one of his strongest suits in this season was handling pressure situations, um, having a balanced approach and, and just a, a very uh, a balanced demeanor in the face of some stressful situations. And he did not carry that over to winners at war at all. I think it was a different situation for Adam. Um, he was playing a different kind of game. I think that he's playing with all winners. I think it was just, it was a bad situation for Adam. I think there's also the fact that he was one of the only ones on that cast. Maybe the only one who had wanted a clean sweep for his season. There might have been one other one, but I can't remember. There may have been one other one, but regard, I think he came in with a. It was just a different mindset for him playing the second time. But I, I told you I thought that you would really like Adam the first the first time you watched him, and that's why when we were watching Winners at War, I stood up for Adam a lot when you were you you doubt him a lot in Winners at War. That's because he like, sucked in Winners at War. You were just like, why do you like this dude? There's no reason that you should like this dude. And I was like, just watch Millennials versus Gen X, and I think you're going to understand that it's a different Adam. You're watching a different Adam. And I think you'll appreciate the original season that he was on. And I think you'll enjoy him. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you you ended up liking Adam for this season. Yeah, and I, I think another thing that, that plays into it is when he's playing on Winners at War, um, I think he probably felt some pressure in that um, in this season, everybody's on level footing. It's 20 new people. Um, he's on a gen, he even starts out on a millennial tribe where everybody's roughly the same age, and he's able to kind of establish a footing. Flip that, he goes and plays on Winners at War with, as a super fan, he's playing with people he grew up watching. You know, Adam's about my age, right? I think he's about my age. Um, so he's watching people that he's playing with people like uh, Ethan and Rob and uh, people like that that were, that he watched, and Sandra that he watched 
play when he was a kid. And I think he just he tried too hard. I think in Winners at War he was trying too hard to make stuff happen. Um, and when it didn't work, he got frustrated. And that's when we saw some of the whiny Adam. Uh, whereas in Millennials versus Gen X, he played a more natural game. He went out there. He wasn't like Will trying to check boxes and play hard. He was trying to um, build relationships and make good strategic moves and uh, establish a place within the tribe. And, and you didn't really see any of that in Winners at War. He he went out there playing a Survivor video game, and yeah, and it really burned him. That's fair. I think that I think in a different circumstances, I think Adam plays. A second go round a lot different if it's not an all winter season. Um, but you know, look, I I enjoyed I enjoyed you enjoying this season because it is one of my favorites. Uh, I'm glad you, you you enjoyed Adam and it wasn't a sore spot for you all season. I was kind of worried that you would carry over that animosity you had in Winners at War and not enjoy the season because of Adam winning. But I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it. Um, well, and, and I think another thing with him at Winners at War is that I wonder if he viewed himself the way I would view him even now. Even if I, ha- if, if I hadn't seen Winners at War and now we went and watched it, all right? You've got Rob. He's the puzzle guy. You've got uh, people like Ben that's a, that's a, a physical threat. And Wendell is a provider. And um, Tony is, is – is strategic and Lucina, she's strategic and um, on and on and on of these different Tyson is, is a challenge beast. And he's, you know, things like that, these people that are good at things, what's Adam? He's in that group of winners, you know, Uh, Adam and Sophie and Nick and uh, some of these others, they won their season and that's all you know about them. That's all, that's all they're known for. Adam won millennials of Trisha Gen X. His mom died of cancer. That's yeah. what you know of him. And so I wonder if he felt that. And when he went to Winners at War, he felt like he had to establish himself. Ben didn't have to establish. He almost, Ben, people like Ben had to unestablish themselves. Um, ben was trying to be less. Um, yeah, they, you know, he knew that people knew him as the Idol King. Yeah. And he didn't he, want that moniker. Yeah. Tony did that for the first Tony's, half of the season. Perfect example. Tony and Ben are two that like were trying to be less of what they were. Whereas Adam had, I wonder if he went into that season feeling like he had to establish himself, he had to put a flag on the well, season, or he had no chance. And, think, and that's you, why we saw some of that. You saw that from, from some of the players, too, that felt like Sophie was one. Um, Michelle tried, but was just at the bottom for most of the game. So she didn't really get to do it. But I think there were some of them that were playing the game that felt like they had to come out and prove something because they didn't feel like their win was necessarily necessarily warranted. Or they, or like in Michelle's case, people thought Aubrey should have won. Um, in Sophie's case, your favorite man, uh, they thought that he should have won. Uh, the Dragon Slayer, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't seen that season. But I'm pretty sure she beats the Dragon Slayer at Final Trouble. Um, and so... And that's coach for those who have not watched him in Token Chains. Um, I think there were some of those players, and all of them kind of, in my opinion, kind of got in on, over their head a little bit and 
got in their own minds for the most part. I know Michelle makes it to the end and she makes it pretty deep in the game, but I still think there was a level of them trying to prove themselves. Ben is the only one that had that similar story where he kind of toned it down and went in the opposite direction. It was just like, look, y'all don't think I should have won? Cool. I just won't be a threat and I'll hang around and I'll make my moves and I'll be there again and hopefully I can win. And I think he realized when he got to four or five that he just didn't have the resume or didn't have the ability to get to the end and, you know, kind of sacrificed himself for, for, for Lucina. But I think that Adam, I think you're right, probably got in a little in over his head for whatever reason, whether it be starstruck or whether he didn't, was in a similar position as some of the other ones. They didn't feel like they were, were respected as winners. Um, and so I think that that played a role in, in what you saw at winners at war. Um, and I think it's just, it's definitely a scenario where you can go one of two ways when you return to the game, especially after winning. And when you're coming into an all winter season and we saw that with Adam, we saw it with Ben going in the opposite direction, Tony, uh, being able to kind of subdue himself and then make a run at the end. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's, a, it's about arcs. And we talk about it all the time is those, it's how you handle yourself in the game. I think, again, I think Adam plays the game and, and doesn't have to deal with the starstruckness or doesn't have to deal with, with that type of moniker hanging over his head. When you've got the Boston Robs breathing down his neck, maybe he ends up playing a better game. I think he's a great player. And he showed that in Millennials versus Gen X. Yeah, I mean, to, to bring it back to this season, I mean, uh, one thing that impressed me about a lot of people, you mentioned it last night, um, this season there was a not a lot of unnecessary uh, lying. And I don't say that like lying is unethical in this game because I think it's just a part of the game. But and, – and a lot of times – and this is, this is the, kind of the final thing I want to talk about. And a lot of – and a lot of times you see in Survivor people lying in situations like, why are you lying right now? Or why are you lying so poorly? Or why are you telling that lie? And an awful lot in this season, people were just honest and, and didn't lie when they didn't need to. And they were straightforward with each other at some times that really, I think, helped them. Um uh, Jay, you know, Jay and, and I think it was Brett just kind of talking about, Hey, we both know that like, I'm trying to convince them to vote, to help me vote you out. And you're trying to convince them to help you vote me out. What'd you say to them? And, and just little spots like that, where I, it made it more enjoyable for me than watching people tell terrible lies for an hour, you know, it, I, I, that, that's one aspect of this cast that I really enjoyed. Yeah, for sure. I think that it's a, there's just, there, there was not a whole lot of unnecessary line. There was a lot of honest upfront gameplay. And I think there was just a lot of really good, like, like you said earlier, there was no, it wasn't as, as top heavy as Kageon was um, with your, you know, Sarah uh, with, with Tony, with Wu with Spencer and Tosh, but, um, Tasha, but they're, they're in this, it felt more consistent across the board that there was consistent threats across the board that maybe they don't win when they come back, but they have a really good shot at winning this season. Um, so I think overall just a really fun season. 
Um, have you got any ideas where you want to head next in the world of Survivor? Well, I, I kind of, you know, maybe next week we'll, we'll we'll do that topic episode that we discussed. I think that okay. that's a good, given what we have coming down the pipe personally, it, it may be a, a good week not to try to squeeze in a bunch of Survivor episodes. But I, I, I'm kind of leaning Cook Islands or um, or South Pacific, the, the one you just mentioned uh, with Sophie and, and Coach. That's um, th- That feels like another good one. So let's, um, if you're listening... You know, follow us on Twitter, blindside, at Blindside Rewind. Hit us up there uh, or whatever platform you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, mm-hmm. Stitcher, whatever we're on. I don't even remember. We're on, um, we're on a lot got, of them. If you've got a podcast thing, we're probably on there. And if you're, yeah. if they're not, you can find us somewhere else. <laughs> Get a new podcast yeah, and, platform. Yeah, just let us know what you what, what season you want us to listen to next and, yeah. or watch next, and we'll, uh, we'll hit it up. And and I do want to say before we close out the show, um, we lost a member of the Survivor community this week. Uh, Cliff Robinson, the former NBA great, first former NBA player to ever play on Survivor, uh, passed away this week. Uh, and so we want to send condolences to that to that family, to the NBA family, to the Survivor family um, that that is grieving. You know, you know Cliff's passing uh, at a, a very early age, um, just barely over fifty, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it's about 53. And, and you know, that, that obviously hurt. We, we, we obviously got to see him, and we, we watched a couple of, of our favorite clips this week. So if you have any, any favorites of Cliff Robinson that you would like for us to, to watch, send us that, that as well on, on Twitter. We'd love to watch some of those, some of your, some of your favorite Cliff, Cliff moments. Yep. Well, Justin, I, I've enjoyed it, and we'll, we'll jump back on it next week. Sounds good, bud.